0: Welcome, people, to Coachcast. So, what is Coachcast? Why am I doing it? Basically, I was just talking to Liam, who, who's videoing this as well. As you might have seen, I was invited to Dubai for the Total Mental Performance Podcast, and I was so I went away from that so inspired <laughs> to do something similar. It's really annoying because Danny from Insights Ups, if you're watching this, bro, fuck you, uh, because you stole the idea a week before I started. I thought no one's doing like proper videoed edited podcasts. it's all on Apple Podcasts or whatever or it's their Mac that's recording them the quality's not that great I thought right as soon as I got back from Dubai I went on to Google and was like right I need to find a podcast studio and I typed in Birmingham podcast studio and funny enough there's a place in Birmingham called Birmingham podcast Studio which is fucking great so came down had a look they do everything here film it. As you can see, um, and you'll see when there's a guest on as well, there's a a bigger view. So I can't edit shit. I don't have time to do it. So this is absolutely fucking perfect for me. And I just wanted to get like a selection of the top people in the industry, not necessarily just coaches, but I thought coach cast sounded good Mm -hmm. instead of fitness individual cast um, or something shit. So we're going to have some like busy professionals on there as well. Rick from Strom, business owners, Syfan, who owns Ultimate Fitness in Birmingham. He's going to come on. And we're just going to chat the shit. We're going to get some Instagram questions on as well, which I've got some to go through today. Kind of, I did make a list, actually. It's how professional this is. I've done it on my notes on my phone. Like, an introduction to the person, questions from IG, and then some (laughs) Stephen Bartlett-esque questions of, like, what was the cost of you getting to this? So, yeah, I've got about 50 people on there who I want to get on here. So, that should be, like, the next year's worth of content, basically. So... The first episode, I thought not everyone knows who I am, so I thought I'd intro it with me. So an episode on me. So I'm going to interview myself, which is quite easy because there won't be any uncomfortable questions. I don't think, or there are some weird ones on Instagram. So yeah, let's let's start basically. So an introduction to the coach, how they got into coaching, their background, how and why they got into it, and so so a bit of background on me. I used to be fat as fuck. And I'm not talking like bodybuilder fat. I'm talking like never been to the gym in his life fat. Always had a problem with my weight. Went on like a big weight loss journey uh, at one point. Lost loads of weight. Oh, fucking not not in a good way at all. You know, just living on living on the elliptical, and just not eating any fucking food. So that that wasn't great. To be honest, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And then I got into hospitality. So late nights. Eating fucking shit after shifts, and man, I was a big boy. So I got to like three hundred pounds, and I wish I could say I was three hundred pounds now, but of muscle, but I'm not. Still small. So yeah, I was three hundred pounds of fat, and essentially, I got sick of being called a fat cunt at work because you used to be out on the door when you, you used to run places and shit, and you know, you chuck someone out, and it's like the first thing that comes out is, oh, you're a fat cunt or whatever. And I just got sick of it. I was always into bodybuilding. I liked that kind of style of training stuff stuff. Like I used to go to the gym. I hadn't got a clue about nutrition stuff. And I hired a, I hired someone to help me. Oh, Callum Raystrick has texted saying, he's here. <laughs> fuck's sake. Callum Raystrick is early. If you could let him in, thank you. Um, <laughs> fuck's sake. I can't actually believe it. I said at the start this, I'd eat my own arsehole if Cal was on time. He's fucking early. Jesus. So, Yeah, I hired someone to help me at Foundry Gym in Walsall. And I was like, I'm going to book a photo shoot, something to be accountable for. I lost a fucking shitload of weight. And I thought, man, I'm fucking shredded. I look back now, I was not shredded. But I was probably as lean as I could have got in that time frame. And in that time, I also developed an absolutely awful relationship with food. So I wanted to get that back on track. And I was putting... When I'm a massive extremist, if I get into something, I have to go mental. Like, if I I start buying things. Shoes. Okay, well, I need all of the shoes. I need to buy everything that there's ever been done. I, I'm really addictive personality. And that's which is quite good for bodybuilding, too, fair. People saw me lose loads of weight, all this sort of stuff. And then we're like asking, how the fuck did you do that? And I was like, well, I'll, I'll show you how. I probably coached like 20 or 30 people for free. I didn't see it as a job. Um It was just something I was doing to help some people out. Online coaching wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, yeah, not really when I when I started doing it. it wasn't it, it wasn't like it's like it is now. And um, I was just doing normal work, normal jobs and stuff, and just doing it on the side. And then I thought, oh man, I could probably charge people for this. I'm actually, I've always been a big believer of if you're good at something, don't do it for fucking free. And I got I got quite good at it, and I got a bit of a niche of like I helped fat guys out. Basically, and a lot of people, coaches talk about having a niche and stuff like that. My niche at the moment is I can fucking coach anyone. I don't care who you are, what you do, if you're a competitor, if you're John down the fucking road who just wants to lose some weight and get in a better headspace and stuff like that, then I I can help you. But at the time, it was I was attracting – you attract what what you're good at, really, and I was the fat guy that got in decent shape. And um, it kind of went from there, stemmed from there, and then it was – remember, actually, I went on a podcast with AJ Morris about fucking seven years ago. Please don't go and watch that. And he asked in there, would you ever do it? Do you reckon you'd help people for a living? I was like, no, don't want to do that. Everyone's an online coach. Everyone's doing it. Uh, it's too saturated. Fuck, I thought that seven years ago. It's fucking saturated now, but that is a good thing, in my opinion. So I sat up, that happened, blah, blah, blah. It got to then pre-COVID um, happening, and I was selling cars. The old Wheeler dealer, mate. Um for BMW and Mini in Birmingham. And I um, had about 25 paying clients at this point. I thought, man, I could probably make a go of it this year. And it got to January and I'd, I'd made out a plan. Cal's here and he's on time. Woo-hoo! um Fucking hell, I've got to eat my own ass. So, yeah, I, um, I thought I could probably make a go of this. And I, I made like a thing of like, right, I need 50 clients. And I'm going to go, I'm fucking glad that didn't happen because I wouldn't have been able to do that. And then COVID happened and I thought, ah, fuck, what's going to happen here? And I thought, all my plans are ruined, all this sort of stuff. And in the first week, I lost one client and gained 12. I was thinking, fucking hell, okay. And then I thought, right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get paid furlough. And I'm going to start up a YouTube. I was doing a photo shoot prep at that time as well. And I just carried it on which got a lot of attention and a lot of people following me. People were invested in it. And it was the first time I thought, oh, fucking hell, people are following me. They fucking really like this. Carried it on. And by the time work asked me to come back, I had 80 clients. And I was like, I ain't coming back, bro. Which even at 80 clients, I was like, fuck, I don't think this is going to work. I had such imposter syndrome. I've got imposter syndrome now. Back then it was like, no, I'm not going to make it. It's not going to work. Like, it's, it's too good to be true or whatever. I, just, I remember recording a video leaving the dealership and I was just like out of breath, like fuck, I've just left my job, shit, and then, and then it's just been fucking mental ever since, so that's kind of like how I got into it, why I got into it, I fucking love to help people, I get the horn from it, like literally it's like if I can help someone I feel like a sense of accomplishment, I don't give a shit about the money, like it's a byproduct of being good at something, If you're good at something, you're probably going to get paid for doing it. And if you're good at something, it normally means you probably enjoy it as well. Um, And I just fucking love helping people. That's why I got into it, because I want to help people. And yeah, that's basically who I am, how I got into it. Uh, I like to think I'm a bodybuilder. I've competed twice, third both times. Jeez, not three out of three. Just FYI, there was more people. And looking to compete again next year, most likely with Big knife Styles under the helm. So I'm going to go into some questions because I'm going to make this a bit of a shorter podcast, being as Cal's got here early, and um, I'm in shock still. But I put out a question box, and probably I'll ask—I'll probably ask Cal the same questions to be fair. I am going to say the names of some of them. I think one of them wants to keep it private, but maybe I'll just drop him in it. Custom Bodies Tom. Shout out Custom Bodies Tom. I'm actually seeing you tomorrow, big dog, for a big training session. And um, he's a a current client of mine and has been for a long fucking time. I think like 70 weeks or something. But anyway... Here's a question. I really like this one, to be fair, because it's probably not an answer that you... I don't know. It probably is an answer you expect. I don't know. At what point did you realize you'd, inverted commas, made it as an online coach? Now, I still don't feel like... I don't have that sense of like, I've made it, bro. Like, this is it. I don't have that because I just think... Look, coaches can be flavor of the month one month and then left behind the next. And it's like, if you're not keeping up with the times, if you're not doing shit like this, people aren't talking about you and I want to be talked about all the time Um, because if I'm in someone's head when it comes time for them to lead their coach they're probably going to be thinking about me I hope so anyway so I can't say that I feel like I've made it as an online coach but to flip the question a little bit on its head I remember at a point last year probably like towards the start of last year And it was like, I had about fucking 40 people competing that year. And I was just thinking, fucking hell. Like, I actually must be all right at this, surely. (laughs) People are paying me to do this. So I think that means I'm all right at it. But I've never thought, like, oh, man, I've made it. And to be fair, I reckon if I ask Cal the same question, I think anyone that's got a business and that's actually good, they're always thinking, what can I do more? Like, I need to be doing more. I need to make more of a success. I need... and None of it, and I guarantee I will say the same, has anything to do with money. It's that feeling of success and I've accomplished something or I've got a new project or something else to work on. I think it becomes an addiction because I've got 50 million ideas in my fucking head about what I want to do this year. And some of them are big projects. Some of them, no, actually, they're all fucking big projects. And it's like, right, how can I fathom up some time? And I feel like with any of us that do this, it's like, we get time and find time. We fill it with something else and bring us to the next point. And it's like it will lead us on to another question that someone's put in here. But we'll get on to that. So next question, Sam Carragher, PT. How do you approach consults? Now, if this is a consult to get a client on board, very fucking simple. You've got to remember that client has inquired with you. They probably want to fucking work with you being as they've asked can I work with you? So how, how do I convert this person? Well, I don't try to convert it because it shouldn't be a sales call. It shouldn't be a sales tactic. I hate this fucking shit at the industry at the moment that's like, I'm going to get them on a sales call. What? They've inquired with you? Unless you're poaching someone or approaching them, which I don't think you should be, okay, just my opinion. If they have come to you and said, hey, bro, how do I sign up for online coaching? Well, you haven't got to sell it really because they've inquired with you. They've come to you. They want something. Give it them. So if I get on a consult with them, I'm like, bro, tell me everything about yourself because people like to talk about themselves, funnily enough. They can explain the situation. We can then map out a time frame of how they're going to get to this point, how we're going to get there together, how my service works. It's not a case of selling it because if they've come to you, they're already invested in you and you've just got to give it to them. So if it's a business consult, how I approach it is like, right, what what the fuck do you want to get out of this call? They'll explain what they want to get out of it. This could be anything from a business consult. It could be a consult about what this PED does, how to map out a female's prep, how to map out a bodybuilding prep, whatever, how to improve their sleep management, stress management. I had one the other day with Ali Fraser. Shout out, Ali, the fucking big dog. And he's basically just said, "Can you organise my life?" And that was it. So it can be on anything, and officially consider his uh, life now organised. So that's how I approached them and just just help essentially. If I can't help, I'll pass it on to someone else. So I wasn't going to. I'm not going to mention the next name because obviously I don't want to drop him and his missus absolutely in it. It's not a juicy question. Advice for balancing being a good coach with high standards with a relationship. Now that is uh, probably not one to ask me. To be fair, but I on a serious note. That person has to know what the fuck you are about. And if you, look, I if I meet someone currently, I am going to explain to them, I'm fucking busy. And I don't have all the time in the world. So if I'm going to spend time with you, it needs to be good. And if you're in a relationship with someone, bro, and I know you because I coach you, and you are getting busier because you've had a business consult with me, plug, <laughs> you are getting busier and you're you're gonna have to explain. I need you here to support me, and that's not to fucking make my meals because I'm telling you now, I would never ask a woman to make my fucking meals for them. Jack Fleming, I'm looking at you, bro. You're terrible, <laughs> so I I can't I can't do that. Um, it's just not I just can't do it. But I also understand how busy Jack. I know you're really busy, so I'm sorry. But I'm also very OCD with my food, so I don't like people uh, do my food for me. But you have to let them know that it's like. This is what's going down. I'm going to be putting a lot of time and investing myself a lot into my own business because I want to make a success of it. And at the end of the day, that is also for them most likely. If you love someone, you want you both to be comfortable. You just need to explain that. And if they don't get that, well, fuck them off because that's not the right person. You know That might sound savage, but if you want to get somewhere in life, sometimes you have to bat some people away. Not literally. Don't get done for... um, I'm going to stop the conversation there because this will get blocked on YouTube. The prep coach for this guy, I think his name's Valentino. And if it is his name, that's a fucking beautiful name. How long did it used to take you to do a check-in versus now? Bro, it used to take me like an hour to do one. I was so... I, just, I was fucking... I'd stop, re-record. I remember at one point when um, I wanted to get into like doing video check-ins, video feedback. And I didn't know how it was done. So I just set my phone up in front of me and just put record, press record and just filmed myself. That lasted a day, and I thought, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. Yeah, it used to take me fucking ages. I remember having a conversation with my dad in the back garden, um, and I had 50 clients at the time. I was like, Dad, bro, bruh, I can't handle more than this. Like, And he said, well, that's the limit of your business, then you. He's like, you'll get better at it, don't worry. Come on, son, give me the pep talk. And about two weeks later, I was like, man, I can handle more than this. Then it was 60, and then I felt, fuck, I can't handle anymore. Give it a month. It's like it is literally like riding a bike. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Now I literally I get onto my laptop. I don't even fucking look at stuff before I hit record. I do it as I go. Because that's the most efficient way for me to do it. Because I can come up across things like on the fly and be like, Right, oh shit, I've just seen this. Right, let's do this. Like I can do a lot in my in a time frame. So yeah, that's definitely increased. Same same guy, same um with the next question. Biggest advice for online coaches if they want to hold quality high with increasing clients at the same time. Now, bro, this is going to sound like a savage answer, but that is a choice. If you want to keep a high service, keep a high service, a high level of service. That is a choice. So do that. I know it sounds like a fucking shit answer, but that is literally the case of it. If you want to hold a high level of service, simply hold a high level of service. Okay? If you're taking more and more people on, Okay, and you can't keep that level of service, then you're the problem, but unfortunately, because you've took too much on. I'd like to say I don't think I've ever got to that point where it's like my work slips, but my head does. And it's like, right, I'm probably going to kill myself at this point. And like, where's the nearest window? I'm throwing myself out of it. it. It can get to that of like, fuck, man, I'm so saturated. But again, you do it for two. It's like, oh, man, what was I even worried about? I can take more. But it does lead you down a slippery slope. And your last question on there is when to stop taking more clients. Again, that's a choice, brother, um, because I know a lot of people like to have a life. Uh, My life is coaching and bodybuilding. That's it. um, And cars. But cars takes Sunday afternoon. That's it. I understand that Monday to Saturday I'm going to be rammed, and I'm cool with that. Um, Some people aren't cool with that, and some people want to work three days a week. And if that's what you want to do, I fucking go for it man Like, I respect you for that three day working week that sounds like that sounds like a fucking right laugh four days off sick but if you if you want to earn more money and have a bigger business and increase your success in the industry you're probably going to have to work more than three days a week but that is down to the individual some people don't think like I think or don't think like progression all the time they're happy when they get to a certain point and that is, I respect that Sometimes wish I could be like that, um, but I'm definitely not like that. Sam developing physiques. The big guy, the big big bald egg. Um, He is a bigger egg than me, uh, tall wise. I'm bigger than you, bro. Anyway, what's what car is the goal car? Fuck. I hate these questions because I I don't want one car. I want fucking hundred. The first car that comes to my head: Ferrari F F forty, nineteen eighty nine. Non-catalytic converter, non-adjust suspension model, with, yeah, not in red somehow, but that's going to be difficult to find. Although Sam Sam Moore had a blue one, beautiful. But I haven't got five million quid, unfortunately. Um, but one day, same same car, same car, same guy. Same uh, another question: How high is the ceiling for Christian Chapman, bro? The sky's the limit, bro. And that's a cheesy ass answer, but. No, I don't think there is one. The limiting factor for me as a business with coaching is me, unfortunately, because there is only one of me, and I have to do everything. I do the setups. I do the check-ins. I do the consult calls. I do the emails. I do the Instagram. I do my WhatsApp because I'm OCD about everything being me. If you're contacting me, you want to talk to me, not a fucking VA from fucking India. Okay, no offense, but that that you know I know, <laughs> I don't know where these the A's come from, but um like I, I want I want them to be talking to me because um, that's what they're fucking signing up for, so that is the limiting factor, but uh, there is always a way to have that ceiling higher in my opinion. It is up to you to find this. I I say this to a lot of clients. I'm a a problem solver and a solution finder. Um, I find the problem and I I solve them. And if I've got a problem with business of how to grow it, I'm going to find the solution. So there is no ceiling, bro. Last question from him. How to deal with imposter syndrome? Bro, fucking when you find the answer, let me know. Yeah, it's a hard one. Because I still have those feelings of, man... I'm going to have 120 clients leave tomorrow and I've got no business. Like I'm just waiting for the world to to implode. I don't think there is a, a way really we're dealing with it because I think if you come across with, with no imposter syndrome, you're probably really cocky and like, yeah, man, I'm, fucking, I'm oh, fucking sick at this and whatever. I think imposter syndrome is something that keeps you going because you strive to not feel that imposter syndrome. And in that striving to get there, you're probably going to become really fucking good at what you do. Fuck the imposter syndrome, bro. Just fucking wing it. Fitness Lancaster, do you think coaching has a shelf life? And if so, what do you do to make a good retirement pot? Make so much money that you don't need a retirement pot. No, I think you have to branch out. And you have. And to be fair, this would be a good one to ask for Cal because Cal's business is fucking expanding here there and left, right, and fucking center. And I'm also doing a lot this year to kind of have more passive income that doesn't require me. And again, that doesn't then require time. It's going to require time at the start to to get these up and running, but it will be worth it in the long run where it's like someone clicks buy and I get paid and I ain't going to fucking do anything. I've already done the legwork. So I'm going to be developing a few things this, this next coming months, uh, which we won't go into just yet. I'm going to do that on another episode, actually. And um, in terms of that, it's like, right, like how can I branch out? Like, you, If you're accumulating a load of money, you need to fucking put it into something. Like I'm not a financial advisor at all, but having money in the bank ain't fucking helpful, which is fucking – the best advice I can give that I don't even take myself um, is stupid. It's knowing what to invest in and don't invest in something you don't fucking know anything about. Crypto. I ain't got a clue. I, can, I can't spell crypto for fuck's sake. So I ain't, I ain't invested money into it. I ain't got a clue what's going to happen. So I like to be very safe with my money. That means it's probably going to be here for longer. But also, the safer you are and the less risk you take – what's what's the phrase? <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm trying to do. No, I ain't got a clue. Um, just ignore that. Um, Body, I want to breathe this out. Body Fit by Wendy says, fuck knows about the podcast, but loving the nails? My fucking gee. That's what we all want to see. See, lads, you might take the piss out of painted nails on the boys. The ladies fucking love it. Pure daddy vibes. Again, the podcast guy is looking at me like, what is this guy going on about? Simon Kennedy Coaching. I recently joined the CP Academy. I presume you mean... um. CP education. Uh, Shout out Ben Hawksworth, my guy. Used to coach him. Was fucking really difficult. Uh, Uncoachable would be the word. Sorry, Ben. (laughs) But I love him, no doubt. I'm struggling to find my niche slash target audience advice. Please. He didn't say please, bro. Fuck you, Simon. Now, I would say, and this is not going to help you, (laughs) um, your niche finds you, bro, in my opinion. like I was a really fat guy. And I ended up helping really fat people, so I just fell into that niche. And then I started helping more people. And then my niche is now is just go to Christian Chapman when you want to be want to have shit hot service and get a result. Simple. Like I don't have a certain niche. Like Cal's niche is IFBB pros, um, whereas I don't. I don't want to be suckered down to like one niche. It's just not my thing. Like I just love helping. I, oh, I fucking get so buzzing off helping people that I, I fucking. I don't want to limit my target audience. The problem with niches and stuff like that, people think they need it to be so specific. I only help 30 to 50-year-olds, busy full-time professionals. Okay, what about the hundred of a million other people that actually might want to be coached by you and you've just limited yourself from doing it because you're saying you only fucking do badminton players that play badminton at 6 p.m. on a Friday? Fucky badminton, bro. Uh, fun fact, I used to love playing badminton. So... Your niche, bro, I would say, does find you. And if you're struggling to find a niche, why do you need one? Just go out there and help people. Easy. Last one on the IG questions. What keeps you so driven when things get stressful and overwhelming? Easy answer to this, bro. I'd be a lot more stressed if I had fucking no clients and I had no business and I had no inquiries. That sounds a lot more stressful to me, bro. So if I and I do have those days, bro, where I'm like, fuck. I'm literally, I'm gonna it's normally when my phone's going mad and I just it just doesn't stop. I clear 50 messages and I've got 60 left when I cleared them. Yeah, and it just, oh my god, sometimes it just gets on top of you when you need to be somewhere and you're running behind or whatever. And it it does, it does stress me out for sure. But I think, right, all of these people want me for something. This is good. Okay. Now, what they want me for might not be good, but most of the time it is good things. I'd be a lot more stressed and overwhelmed if no business was coming my way. No one was asking me questions. No one's interacting with me, and I'm thinking, fuck, I need to find a job here. And fuck me, I've got to sell the cars and all that sort of stuff. That would be a lot more stressful and overwhelming for me. So that's my answer to that one, big dog. Um, and he's finally being coached by someone proper, Ryan Fazee Collective so that was all my questions from IG2Fair so I'm going to go into the questions that I would be asking a guest on here that I haven't actually thought about the answers here so this is not good but I suppose it would be the same for a, um, a guest that's coming on so if there's one thing you could change about the industry what would it be now unfortunately I've got to only choose one thing and it's probably about a million but I also just think oh, I'm just going to stay in my own lane and let people do whatever the fuck they want to do Stop treating it as a sales environment, okay? Bodybuilding, fitness, all of this is actually meant to be fun. And you're sucking the fucking fun out of it because I don't need to hop on a sales call to get a fucking client, okay? I'm just going to chat, you know, and let my personality do it. Not I'm going to get you on the phone and sell you 19 months up front for four seven five ninety five a month. Whatever fucking number they pluck out of thin air and then realize, oh shit, I'm a really good salesman, but I'm a fucking god awful coach. Um, I'd, I'd love to take that out of the industry, to be honest, and just actually make it fun again. There seems to be a lot of fucking shit at the moment. not just with like sales stuff and, and all that, but like people sucking the fun out of bodybuilding. And I, it ain't on, bro. So fuck that. If you could go back to the start, what would you do differently? To be honest, Things have worked out all right, so I don't think I need to change. now, I do need to change something from that. Start earlier. I'm fucking 31, me. And I feel old as fuck. I feel 41, let alone 31. I wish I'd done it sooner. Um, but that is also pointless thinking like that because I can't fucking go back and change it. So that's a stupid question that I've asked myself. Um, sorry to the guests that are going to get asked that. How do you manage your workload? In a simple way to answer this. I have a start time that I start work and I have a finish time that I finish work and that's when I do my work. Sounds fucking simple, right? But what do you have when you've got a job? You have a start time. You need to fucking be at work. else your boss thinks you're a prick and then you get sacked for being late all the time. Well, I don't want to sack myself. Okay, I want to be fucking on it. So I always say that I wake up at a certain time and I start work at a certain time because I know if I start at that time, I can finish by this time. And that means I've got the day to myself there okay, I've got all my consults I can do in the night, I've got my setups I can do in the night, I don't want to get home from the gym at R4 in the afternoon, eat my post-workout, go for a walk, be at my desk at 6 doing a fucking check-in, I don't do check-ins at 6pm, bro, okay, I do them between 6am and 11, because when people check-in, they want a fucking response straight away, because we're all impatient um, when I want something, I want it fucking yesterday, so big knife styles, Keep up with the good response times, bro, to my check ins. I love it. Big fat knife. <laughs> so, um, yeah, treat it like a job is how I uh, manage my workload. Um, best piece of advice for a new online coach learn from someone that is better than you. And in that case, there's probably a lot of people if you're just starting out. Uh, there's enough stuff out there now that you can learn from, okay? Physique Collective, CP Education, shout out Ben Hawksworth. Again, very good platform to learn from. I'm gonna be dropping something this year. Wait and see. I can't actually talk about the name yet, but it will it will be coming in the next couple of weeks. And I've already reserved the name on Instagram so don't anyone else take it because I've already got it. So fuck you. But learn from someone that's better than you. Have a coach yourself, okay, who you can learn from. Ask your coach questions and if they're not ask if they're not answering them in a good way or a good manner, that's not the right coach for you. Okay, because if someone asks me a question and it's to do with coaching, I want to help them. I said this on the Total Mental Performance Podcast. There's enough fucking people on this planet for everyone to have loads of fucking clients. Simple as that. There's billions of people on this fucking earth. Okay, I want everyone to have a good amount of clients. And if... If I'm going to be dumping a load of clients your way because you've got better at what you do, I want you to be able to actually coach them. So I'm going to answer the questions in the best way possible so that you know what to do in certain situations or just booking consults with me. Plug again. Man, this is a really good way of plugging your own business doing a podcast, I didn't realize. Now, this last question. This is very Stephen Bartlett. What's been the cost of getting to where you are? I lost all my air. Uh, for a start, a lot of people think that might be the PDs. It's not. I used to be a very high-stress individual, so <laughs> I've lost all my hair. Great stuff. DHB don't help. No, but um, on, on a serious level, I don't see my friends enough that I should. The one that annoys me the most is my family, actually. Not that my family annoy me. They do sometimes. But I simply don't make enough time for my parents, who have given me... Everything I've ever needed, anything I've ever wanted, the the support that I need. My dad does my books, so I don't have to do them, because I ain't got a clue about tax. Okay, and shout out, dad is making me pay less. Good lad, hence the Porsche Taycan uh, purchase. (laughs) Thanks, dad, for that one. Approved by Paul Chapman. I don't give them enough time, um, and I'm really starting to try and give them more time. Not just material things like this morning. My mom and dad don't know how to work a computer. And they want Mickey Flanagan tickets for Birmingham. I don't know who Mickey Flanagan is. Um, he's probably not funny. But they were desperately that. oh, we don't know how to do it online, and apparently the tickets sell out straight away. Can you try for us? So today, I bought them the tickets and said, I've got these. Happy fucking Valentine's Day. I don't know. It's nearly... Va- it's been Valentine's Day. I'm late. But anyway, it's a late Valentine's Day present. But, yeah, I just... It's not about actually giving them, like, all the things that they want, like a couple of weeks ago, it was their 40th wedding anniversary and they always invite me to come out to Gran Canaria and they were in Gran Canaria and I got a flight and a hotel down the road and didn't tell them and just surprised them. And that, that sort of stuff, especially for my mom, my dad don't give a shit, <laughs> but especially for my mom, like, she was absolutely made up and that made me feel so good about myself. So I made to make more time for them. Uh, relationships definitely hasn't, my work ethic, I think has had a negative impact on my relationships, which I do, I do definitely regret somewhat for sure because I know that person It was only trying to help me um, and I didn't, I didn't want the help at the time so definitely regret that but you live and learn you know uh, Ricky Gervais you live by the sword die by the sword do you watch The Office Liam? no nah. nah. uh, he doesn't so and then <laughs> last question is where to find me if you're watching this you probably already know uh, Christian underscore physique collective on Instagram uh, at the moment so that is going to wrap up episode one. I think I've covered everything I want um, because, in felt I was late, a little bit late here. So I think that was – how long were we going for there? 35 minutes. 35 minutes? That's enough for me talking, to be fair. So we're going to get Cal in. We're going to do a second um, podcast. I'm going to go and change my T-shirt so it doesn't look like I uh, live in the same clothes. And this was recorded on separate days, obviously. Yeah, thanks for tuning in if you have. If you have watched this, please like it. Okay, I'm not going to say like, subscribe, share, but I am. Um, please do that because that would be really helpful. Tag us on Instagram. Uh, It will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, apparently. I've got the artwork for it because I'm an organized motherfucker. Shout out AW Media for that. My fucking G. Giving me the GTA Vice City very gay neon vibe because that is my vibe. So look out for it. Definitely tag us, please. And see you at the next one.